1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Of all forms of media, podcasts are my favourite. I love the fact that there is a wealth of talent online, innovative people producing podcasts that are fascinating, helpful, thoughtful, even provocative. I listen to podcasts more than I watch TV, listen to radio, or read. I learned so much from listening to podcasts, whether it's how to tackle a problem or a fascinating way of thinking about something. The only problem is that when I want to go back and listen again, I've often forgotten exactly where I found it. That's why I'm excited to let you know about Sparks, a new podcast app that helps you learn, retain and apply knowledge from your listening. On the Sparks app, you can follow your favorite podcasts, listen to new and past episodes, but also remember what you've heard on them. You just hit a button to capture a thought or an inspiration. Even better, the app then tags the right spot in the podcast episode so that you can easily find the context again. Sparks has just launched in open beta on iOS and are asking avid podcast listeners and early adopters to join them and help shape the future of learning through podcasts. So if this appeals to you, go to sparksapp.io forward slash the parenthood and join the beta now. Hello and welcome to the parenthood. While we may not have anticipated it, us mothers are usually in agreement that being a parent, particularly to small children, can be as stressful and busy as it gets. And this, because it lasts years, not months, can have a huge impact on us. Izzy Judd was desperate to be a mother, but having suffered from acute anxiety since she was a child, felt that motherhood at times could be overwhelming. On the recommendation of her husband, she decided to do a mindfulness course and realised that with a few simple but regular exercises, not only was she less anxious, but a happier, more contented, calm and present mother to her two young children. Izzy has written a book, Mindfulness for Mums, in which she documents tips and ideas for how even the most busy parents can incorporate mindfulness into their day. She even suggests getting your children to practice it. Izzy is here with me today. Hello, Izzy. Hi,
1: Marina. It is lovely to be back sat in your gorgeous kitchen, <laughs> which is enough to make anyone feel calm and, and relaxed. Oh, I always think it's a bit of a mess. And oh, maybe no, that it's <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, no, it's lovely. The minute I step through your door, I feel calmer. and. Oh, well, that's yeah. very nice to hear. So,
2: I, I was reading a sort of introduction to your book and you talk about the anxiety that sort of has played you since you were a young child, which is something that's quite surprising because I see you on TV and I see you in kind of, I mean, you're a performer, you're a musician, see you on stage doing incredibly what most people would think very, very stressful things. And yet you found just real life quite worrying and anxiety inducing.
1: It's fascinating how complex mental health issues are that there is that assumption that if you are anxious that you might not be able to function in a certain way but anxiety can present itself in so many different ways and for me as a young child that was at nighttime so I would often fall asleep, okay, but then I would wake up in what I now understand is panic. But obviously, as a young child, you don't you don't know you don't know that it has a name. You just know that you're frightened and you want your mum. And I would then have to sort of psych myself up to get out of my bed to get into mum's bed. And I meant my heart would be racing and I my legs would shake. And you know, this is some of my earliest memories. Um, and yet. I didn't really know what I was fearful of, and I think that was what was so confusing and as you say i was um I went to school I was no problem at school I made friends i um I was a violinist, so I was doing concerts um I loved drama, so it didn't impact me in in that area of my life it was simply i think being alone and silence and I think that, yeah, that's kind of where I remember it starting. Um, and it's, anxiety's really stuck with me through all periods of my life when I've gone through great change or feeling out, being out of control. And of course, there is no greater feeling of that than when you become a mum. So I had to really find a way that I could live with anxiety because it, doesn't now, you know, if I'm sat here now, you know, anxiety has I know that I am prone to it, but I now have learnt ways through mindfulness of how to manage it daily. And if I keep practicing that, it's looking over after my overall sense of, you know, well being. Um whereas if I stop practicing it, which is what I did when I became a mum because I didn't think I had time, that's when you can very quickly fall into that vicious circle of the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, most of us don't have the anxiety on the levels
2: that you sort of describe. certainly not before we have children. But I think anxiety is something that we all experience when we have children. I mean, at teaching the bump class, I see women really struggling with anxiety and, oh, you know, I've eaten smoked salmon. Is that, can I do that? Can I not? Have I harmed my baby? Am I feeling enough kicks? Am I doing enough exercise? Am I eating the right thing? And I always say to them, you know, this is just the beginning. Mm. This is when your child is is born and suddenly they're independent from you. That's like a whole new realm. But then when they go to school and you have no control over who they're making friends with and what conversations they're having. And then that's one thing when they're at primary school. What about when they're in secondary school? And what about when they want to go backpacking around the world and you don't hear from them for three weeks?
1: I mean, the anxiety levels are just massive. That's it. And I think, you know, going right back to... When you're pregnant, there's so much focus on physical well being, and we don't tend to think about our mental well being, or there isn't as much information about how to support ourselves. If we look at mindfulness sort of in basic form, it's simply being able to be present in the moment that we are in. And where that resonated with me so much was that, as you were saying then about people imagining stories creating stories in our minds we're already catastrophizing and worrying about a situation before it's even happened so if we can practice noticing that our thoughts are going that way and bringing the attention back to the moment and right now everything is okay all is well and have trust and faith in yourself that if it isn't you will cope if you are faced with a, a scenario. But to constantly live in your head, which we all do, we're very disconnected from mind and body. We, we are almost, I describe it as, in motherhood, I can feel like I'm floating and that I don't really feel in myself because I'm, I can fall into that pattern of over-worrying, over But if you stop that thought before you run with it, as you build that up over days you then start to feel it's more manageable calmer more content well that's certainly the experience that I've had um which has been just a bit of a savior for me really with um Lola and Kit being so little and so
2: what do you do I mean we're talking in a week which I think has been quite stressful with the you know the uh, what's happening in the Middle East Mm -hmm. um and obviously you know I found myself at night worrying about that I mean Mm -hmm. I'm not Donald Trump, <laughs> I can't do anything about it, but I still worry about that. When you find yourself in that situation, and it is a valid
1: worry, mm-hmm. w- what do you do? So I think bedtime is one of those times, isn't it? Where our mind does start to go. And I and also because so much of our thoughts in the day are, you know, have I got the school bag ready? What's for dinner? Have I got this in? Have I done this? You know, the, the to-do list is big, but it's sort of the... The day to day, isn't it? The business, the juggle of work, motherhood, and everything. And often, when we get into bed at night, that's when we're we're suddenly left alone with the other stuff, um, the maybe the bigger worries, the bigger concerns. So, something I find very helpful when I get into bed um, is to practice a body scan. So you focus your attention on each part of your body. Um, and you know each toe your feet your legs you move through your body just... and are you moving your legs and toes no, when you're doing so this? Just... You're just actually interestingly so in the book um when I talk about practicing a body scan with Lola and Kit you can um, imagine it's a leaf or a feather touching each body part because for a child to understand about relaxation might be quite a difficult language when they're young um when they're really little but to to the softness of a feather or a leaf is quite is a sort of a thing that I find helps explain what I'm doing so you can just literally go through each of your body part you could tense your body part you know like your hands and your fists and all your whole body really really tight and then let go and just focus your attention on your body how are you feeling um Another thing that I like to do um, at night is to imagine those thoughts. So what you're talking about, something that's been worrying you, if you imagine them in your hands and you're holding them in your hands and you literally just release your hands, you just open them up and just imagine those worries sort of floating off, just lifting up, lifting away and just think, I can, I can revisit these tomorrow if they're still worrying me. But right now I'm going to let them go. I'm going to just let them leave me. So visualizations like that. Whatever works for you. It might be um, a, a beach that you have laid on on your summer holidays before children. <laughs> or a holiday that you remember really enjoying. Or, or whatever, it, whatever takes you to that calm place. And really picture it the sounds, the colors, just really be there, really go there. And, you know, you'd be amazed that if you practice all these small things daily, you'll be able to get to that calm, happy place much quicker each time. And it's accessible and it's there. So that in extreme times of worry, you've already trained, you've already practiced your body, you've taught your body how to do it.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, from a neurological point of view, obviously imagining yourself on a beach isn't going to clear up the mess in the Middle East. No. (laughs) Um, But obviously, um, so how is that helping? Because when you've stopped the mindfulness, that problem is still there. That
1: problem is still there. But I think that's also, that's the big point of it that, and within motherhood, Sometimes we can't change things. Sometimes we are not in control. And those bigger stuff also relate to the smaller stuff, you know, um like we were saying, wanting to control what our children are wearing. You know, before we started the podcast, we were chatting just about things like that as a mum. And sometimes learning to let go sometimes learning acceptance sometimes learning that there are small things we can do that will help bigger changes Um, and that relates to us in our day-to-day life as well so by practicing these small moments will help us manage the things that we ultimately can't change
2: yeah and also, presumably, the ones that we can change, yeah, because actually sitting at bed at night worrying about what 's happening in the middle east isn 't going to do anyone any good because all i 'm doing is worrying i 'm not actually doing something, whereas I suppose there are also worries that parents have where well, you do you know i 'm at the moment worrying whether my son should do two sort of camps where he goes and you know sleeps the night for a week back to back which he really wants to do and I think it's way too long to be away but so I guess I need to get my head around that and work out whether it and that's something that I do have control so that worrying I suppose has a purpose yes because we will hopefully resolve it and come to the good right decision and and that right decision involves a certain amount of thought whereas when it's something that's so distanced like you know Mm -hmm. Middle Eastern issues then um
1: it's. So I suppose it's sort of sorting the worries into those two camps. And what's appropriate worry? And what is worry that is a rumination that's being built into something that actually hasn't happened? Um, whereas there is appropriate concern, like what you're saying there, where there's actually a practicality to it that you can work through. Um, but I think as a mum, certainly I have found... The more I try to control. So for example, say we're going for a day out and um I'm already thinking about you yeah, mine are, mine is still very little, so there's naps to be considered and what where where are we going to eat and where um what if the car breaks down and you know, you sort of go into these thoughts. Or what if one of them's sick in the car and, you know, my worst nightmare? <laughs> and you sort of, but you, and and it's that feeling of wanting to control. And so sometimes I then avoid a situation because I'm fearful that something might happen. Rather than letting go and thinking, I'm just going to, I'm going to embrace this. And does it matter if, you know, um, I don't know. Kit misses his nap. It's okay. It's just one day. But you know, when you're somebody that's sort of, I don't know, quite methodical, quite routine, the way that you feel you can manage motherhood is by keeping in control. It's hard to learn that skill to let go. Um, but actually, that is the best thing you can do for anxiety. Because if you just let it go if you if you just sit with it you know if we're going to anxiety which is like a panic attack it's quite you know well documented that it doesn't last more than 30 minutes you know it's going to pass and the beauty of mindfulness is this feeling that nothing stays the same things change all the time and a way to teach your children that I've found is um, through weather so explaining to them that one day Um, it's raining, the next day it could be sunny, the next day it could be cloudy, and just how you're feeling, you might be feeling a bit sad today, maybe daddy's away, um, or you miss granny, or whatever it is, but the next day, maybe your friend's coming to play, and the sun will be out, and it's a very simple way to explain to children that nothing stays the same, but as adults, we forget how to be mindful but as children it is such a natural instinct they are so naturally mindful and so actually they're your greatest teachers if you're you know practicing because they discover things every day that we take for granted and are actually really important for our overall well-being especially in this sort of the crazy business that we live in now
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: so what does your mindful day look like mm. i mean you sort of mentioned that you stopped doing mindfulness but when you became a mom because one thing we don't have much of when we're mothers is time yeah <laughs> um I, i'm hesitant to sort of you know recommend mindfulness and and mothers go oh another thing for me to exactly. do exactly
1: the last thing I wanted with Mindfulness for Mums was for people to feel that it's another thing they should be doing, and if they're not doing, they've failed.
2: And they feel guilty. Yeah, they should, exactly. Should,
1: yeah. Mindfulness for Mums, literally, it is a manual. So it is like an exercise book that you can dip in and out of. You can pick it up, put it down. It's not something you need to read cover to cover. There's things that are going to resonate. The Exercises with your children are marked with a double heart in the chapters and the single heart for you. Um, And even if it's just a couple of these that you try. So, for example, I talk about um, the moment you wake up in the morning. So, the moment you wake up in the morning is usually because a child has woken up and you are in it straight away. There's no rest for you or a gentle way into your day um and you may have been up a few times in the night with with small children or um and so the moment i step out of bed in the morning i know i you know 20 seconds they're going to be okay if i just need a moment for myself so i just will plant my feet onto the ground just really feel the floor really because it's that connection of mind and body to center yourself um I will then take a deep breath in, put a hand on your heart. You know how naturally if you're chatting to somebody and they say something emotional, instinctively, we might put our hand to our heart. It's a very natural kind of nurturing, soothing gesture. Mm -hmm. So by just the warmth of your hand on your heart, take a deep breath in, um, and then as you breathe out, you might say, today I choose, and then whatever word it might be. So... Today, it might be, I choose patience. What was it this morning with you? Uh, Today, I chose... Patience to be interviewed by Marina. (laughs) Um, Do you know what? I think today, publication, because the book came out yesterday, you know, everybody, you have that, I've been living in this book and suddenly it's out there to the world. And um, I always have just kind of hoped that if if it helped one mum feel that little bit better, then that's, that's really important. And it's very easy to start going, oh, will people like it? Oh, you know, have I done a good enough job? Have I go down that path? So I think today I just chose to be kind because I think I could start to be question myself a bit much. And actually, ultimately, I'm just trying to, you know, help in the Mm -hmm. chaos um, that we're all in. So yeah, today I choose kindness. And then often Lola, because she's, um she'll you know potter downstairs and she'll just join in she'll sit and do it with me so she'll often say um today I choose I think she said gentle which was quite sweet um but when I said patient she laughed I put video up of my Instagram actually <laughs> she, she laughed at that um but and then we will stand up and we'll do a mountain pose so yoga pose where you literally just feet hip-width apart, you lift your hands above your head into prayer position and back down, which just helps to wake up all the muscles in your body. It's quite empowering. And you've given yourself just a moment before those demands. I want breakfast. I don't want to wear that. I, you know, just for yourself. And that's taken, what, a minute? Yeah, not even, you know. Um, Then... I will when I put uh, my moisturizer on so say I am trying to have a shower <laughs> the children are running around um when I put my when I put my moisturizer on just take a moment to really massage my face you know smell the cream just to be that just that small moment of time mm-hmm. and then as I head downstairs um put the kettle on take a mindful pause you know drop your shoulders we we really tense our shoulders as mums I I, when we're pushing our buggy tense our shoulders or I'm sure even as your children get older it's that tension isn't it just to just carrying their
2: bags yeah
1: release (laughs) your shoulders um take a deep breath in it's breath it's kind of checking in with how we're feeling are we tired? How is my mind feeling? Is it really busy today? Is my breath in my chest? Is it in my tummy? And it's not really judging it, it's just noticing how we're feeling because so often we put our own well being last on the list and the children and everything else comes first. But you know, we all know if we, if our tank's empty, then we're no good to anybody. So even though these small moments might not seem like much, if you're doing them every day and you'll keep, you keep filling up your cup a little bit, your overall mood is going to, to change and the children then react to that.
2: I wonder whether our generation are in more need of this than any other previous generations. I do feel that as a 21st century mother... There's so much pressure to be really hyper-efficient because we've got our phones on at this the whole time. So, you know, when I was younger and we didn't have phones, you know, you would would go wait for the tube and you'd look down the line and everyone was just sitting, having a bit of mindfulness, thinking about who they are and thinking about what they were going to do and thinking about conversations or... Now you look down the tube line and everyone's looking at their phones. Mm. You're hyper-stimulated the whole time, even when you're in the car. Yeah. I remember someone saying, just get into the habit when you're in the car and you stop at some traffic lights. Instead of picking up your phone, which I know is highly illegal, but we do it <laughs> often, um, just to sit and maybe look up and look at the clouds and notice the shape of the clouds or mm. the weather or something.
1: Which your children will be picking up on mm-hmm. in the back of the car, but we don't necessarily always hear yeah. what, what they are actually noticing. Mm. Um Kit, I remember it, like recently you know was saying the clouds mummy or they they their minds are there, mm. and it's with the phone thing, I think we're all becoming a lot more aware and a lot better about the impact that phones are having, and I talk about in mindfulness for mums about screen boundaries because as i because I freelance, I'm often in and out at home, so There is that feeling of always being switched on. Someone might need to get to me. And I'm trying to be present with my children. Maybe we're doing a a puzzle or we're doing a game or whatever it is that we're engaging in. And that phone's sitting there. And the minute a message comes through or an email it's so anxiety fueling cuz you think oh someone needs more. i need to get back to that and if i don't get back to it then this is going to pile up and then how am i going to you know and it just before you know it you're so far away from the moment that you actually want to be enjoying with your child um so and by the way i'm totally um hands up like i'm in that too i i'm not trying to claim that i have <laughs> lived this kind of perfect mindful existence. I'm learning all the time because I want to be present with my children. I want to not feel so caught up in life mm-hmm. that I'm not able to enjoy these moments. So so with my phone, what I started to do was turn off my notifications so that I knew for those 20 minutes, half an hour that I was with my children, that... I'm not going to be distracted by my phone. And then when I can give it my attention, I will. And if that means I have to pop Peppa Pig on, you know, for 20 minutes so that I can reply to some emails or messages, then I can do that in that time. And then I can step back into being Mm. mum. Instagram, you know, I put all my social medias into one box on my phone, labeled it think um, so that before I go in it stops for a moment because as we all know Instagram can be the most supportive uh, space where you can find amazing communities you know when I was going through uh, all my fertility struggles and talking about that the people that I met on there and talked to and the communities that we built that we built was so important but we also know we can go on there and it can make your day feel terrible. You know, the mum that's baked the perfect birthday cake or taken them to this adventure one day and half term and that adventure the next day. And, you know, it feeds into this failing thing, isn't it? It fe- feeds into this guilt and you know, it's it's not always we're not always in the right mindset to be going into Instagram, and maybe we need to have a look at the feed and think about the people that kind of make us feel. It's a also bit so positive. easy to go into Instagram and not even think about it, and I ten know. minutes
2: later you notice that you've got pain in your neck because you've just been looking down. It's like <laughs> yeah. a massive time waster. Yeah. So, you know, us mums always saying we don't have enough time to do anything. We don't have enough time to do mindfulness. Yeah. Well. You know, I, I I put my hands up. I waste so much time on Instagram. I should just do you know it. that
1: as well. <clears throat> we naturally tend to hold our breath. So if we're writing a message or emails, um, we will quite naturally hold our breath. So another way to sort of use your phone to help you be mindful is before you go in perhaps to read them and your emails, set the timer on your phone for one minute, just sit and breathe and clear your head from, you know, whatever it was you've just come from. Maybe it's a crazy lunchtime and clearing up endless peas that seem to get everywhere on the floor. And you're about to go Yeah. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually I've, I've got Kit. He likes to go around and pick up all (laughs) the, um, but you know and then you can go back into that mode with a bit more calm and clarity before you answer the phone don't rush to it you know just take a a moment before we step into it because it's this kind of feeling of go 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 and our minds are just trying to keep up yeah um, and the impact over time is 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 big so just small moments will will help i I hate essentially mindfulness is
2: just emptying your brain for for a minute Mm -hmm. occasionally I mean my father is a doctor he's quite kind of old school and um he said oh I do mindfulness I was like what you and he goes well when I'm mowing the lawn that's my mindfulness it's my time not to be stimulated Mm -hmm. and just to just to think and notice where I am and I thought god This isn't a sort of new concept, actually. It's something we've probably been doing much better for generations, but we find harder to do today because we are so hyper-stimulated.
1: We are so hyper-stimulated. And and even religion, I think, was a type of mindfulness. Um, It's really just an awareness of where we are at right now because we're always thinking ahead. I think, especially as mums, we're planning all the time. You know, there's always the diaries, the getting the child from A to B, thinking about childcare, thinking about, you know, you're constantly got all the tabs open. And, you know, I think we we tend to multitask a lot. And that's something as well, which is, I I do talk about in the book about writing a list of priorities that need to get done and go through them one by one. Because we try to do so many things at once. Mm -hmm. And, Actually, it takes much longer. Um, whereas if we kind of list what our priorities are and think about what can wait, you know, just empty empty your life a little bit.
2: Yeah, also having those priorities down on one page is kind of quite good to look at. Yeah. It. And in terms of practicing mindfulness, I mean, there are loads of tips in your book that take not very long. I go running usually a couple of times a week, but I don't have my phone with me. Specifically, mm-hmm. I don't listen to music. I just... I just let my mind wander. Would that count as mindfulness? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's brilliant. Like <laughs> in fact, um, I was listening to another podcast recently about that whole thing about when we go running, um, to actually just listen to what's between your ears. Is it's incredibly mindful. And I think a real skill. I find it quite difficult actually when I'm running. Um, I use that usually as my podcast time. But I suppose that's still mindful it's still that bit of self care it's that still that that little bit of time for you um I think something that I have realized as well since becoming a mum is I very quickly lost connection with who i was you 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 become mum don't you in all manner to husbands to to the children you're just mum and you you lose sense of self, um, and often forget to do the things that you used to do that made you happy. I mean, I don't know. Do you? Was there something you did before motherhood quite regularly that you that you don't do so much now?
2: Yeah. Tons. Most of the stuff for me. Yeah. yeah, I
1: remember Ben and I used to go and play tennis occasionally. Yeah. we haven't done that for
2: ages. Do Has it.
1: Crossed our minds. I know we will. I will. Um, but for me, that was um, the violin. I just stopped playing my violin because. Again, I didn't think I had time. And, but now I do, you know, get my violin out of the case and I play it with the children or, um, or just for myself. But it's, it's reconnecting. It's thinking of that thing you used to do that made you feel you and gives that something back for you, mm-hmm. you know. And how well does it work, mindfulness? How well? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Marina, mindfulness for me has been I I don't know what I would do without it now that I've found it because I will always that anxiety I think will always be on my shoulder and I will always be a control freak and I will always find it very very difficult to let go and I will always find change difficult um you know for example Harry's off on tour next year and I'm already worrying about oh, how am I going to cope? I I always live in those what-if scenarios, you know. An email comes through from nursery about the sick bug, and I'm like, oh, no, it's it's coming to us. We're all going to get it. How am I going to cope? I'm just, just naturally a worrier. So I am pleased not only for myself to have found it, but also to give it to my children to learn because... I want to find something that's going to look after their mental well-being um, because I think mental health issues are only going to um, increase because of the kind of way we live and the pace we live. Um, And I just want to give them the opportunity to have something that I think I would have benefited from um, as a child. And, And noticing how they are responding to it is... It's interesting because you think they're only, you know, sort of three and two. You think, oh, they wouldn't. But I've practiced with them and they do. They do respond to it. Um, I mean, I've, I I, def- I did it the year after um, Willem
2: was stillborn. I found obviously that year quite tricky. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, it wasn't the immediate, but sort of longer term, I would like lose my temper quite a lot. And it yeah. was sort of irrational, but just like, just see red. And I remember I did the mindfulness app, which was sort of 10 minutes every morning yeah. um, on the recommendation um, of my grief counselor. And it was amazing, actually, how s- pretty much immediately I just stopped losing my temper. Yeah. And it wasn't particularly me, um, but it was just that like that 10 minutes it was almost, it was as effective as taking a painkiller to get rid of a headache. Mm -hmm. It was amazing how, and 10 minutes is more of a commitment than the odd minute that you've suggested here. But I was really surprised at how much it helped and actually helped me through that transition. It's not something I do now anymore, but I think just, I'm aware of mindfulness. I'm aware of the importance of just sitting and taking a breath and kind of getting in touch with my body and my feelings. Yeah. my surroundings yeah
1: and there's it's in I think it's interesting what you say about that because having had fertility treatment for Lola um I think I have often experienced guilt for finding things difficult when I so longed for her and that guilt can kind of fester and um, I actually think though I, I was in quite a lot of shock when I actually became a mum. And that frustration with myself for finding things hard comes out in the way you were saying, losing your temper. I can completely relate to that. Um, there's one little exercise called Calm Begins With Me where you simply touch your thumb and your fingers so you, with your first finger you'd say calm second finger begins third with fourth me or that could be patience begins with me or love begins with me or whatever it is but calm is usually the one and if you if you know the toddlers are in the middle of a meltdown and you i know if i step into it it actually doesn't make any difference if i shout louder the chaos only builds and builds So if I use this, just this simple trigger, calm begins with me and just think, oh, my patience is being so tested. But I'm the calm and they are going to feed off that. And I've got that tool. And I know even just the simple trigger of doing that is that that reminder of, I know I could jump in here. And there are moments, of course I do, because... We're not all superhumans. Um but I try to keep that calm and then because otherwise then, you know, I go to bed at night and I think, Oh, I handled that. Why did I deal with it you that way? Such a rubbish it's mother made today. No difference to that tantrum because they were just overtired and hungry. But I feel really bad mm-hmm. from this. So That's where I've also talked about in the book about a mindfulness corner in your house, so a space that you create. And you can do that for your children as well. And it might be a a basket with um, a coloring book or a book or a puzzle or favorite cuddly toy. And so Lola and Kit being very close in age, they often clash and Lola being a girl and Kit being a boy and Lola not wanting to share her dollies. And, you know, you can imagine it all. I in those moments have a different option than a naughty step, for example, to say, go and take a moment in, in your corner and she'll go up to her bedroom and take some time out. And I have some time out. She has some time out. We've kind of separated and then we can come back. And that for me just felt like a, a, a different option that sat a bit more comfortably and worked and has worked. Um, So it's, it's just finding, I think as mum, we're all just trying to find ways of managing this because it's just really tough Mm -hmm. and it puts pressures on all sorts of, um, relationships. I've, there's one, another little exercise called weight Um, which each is an acronym. So each letter, it means why am I talking, which is really good for husbands. (laughs) And so that if you're in the middle of that moment and you want to go, "Ah," because he's just walked through the door and the children are, and he said one word to you and it's just irritated you and he hasn't even done anything (laughs) wrong. But you've got this, this word and you can think to yourself, is this what I want to say? Is this how I want to say it? Should I maybe just wait and we can address it? at another time so it's it's having I suppose mindfulness mums is having these little kind of tools and and things up your sleeve to help you manage
2: and does I mean you've talked about how you obviously practice mindfulness and your kids practicing it with you what about Harry does he is this something that guys are you know get into as much as as women do
1: so I think where Harry would be mindful I always know um he needs to go to the gym go for a run. Um, So sport is very much his kind of moment. And drumming, because if he sat kind of with his drum pad and it's just tapping, you know, on the pad, that in itself is just that sort of monotonous kind of just you're, you're getting into a rhythm like you're saying with your dad mowing it's that kind of feeling of just a very simple not I'm not saying that drumming's simple but the actual action or the if you're practicing or the simple task you're doing mm. um is just that kind of present moment for you Harry's found the breathing exercises with the children really helpful so um to To take a deep breath, so put our arms in the hair in the air as we breathe in, and down as we breathe out, and it's something which has really helped us actually with Kit, who can have quite, he's so sensitive and get can get himself into such a state, and I've noticed Harry sort of adopting that with Kit, um, and just I suppose it's kind of given us a conversation about how we're going to handle this, you know, because. We often find, we might find ourselves in the, in a, in having a conversation about something really big stuff, you know, like where we're going to live, schools, and we're trying to give the children tea and it's just not the right time. So it's having, we'll always, you know, make sure at dinner that we sit down. And again, it's that thing, removing phones and have a conversation and, and it's learning how to communicate and being mindful about how you are with one another, um, because we're all we've all been really tested and challenged and we're all exhausted so it's the hardest time when your children are that little it's the hardest time because it's so exhausting yeah
2: um Izzy I so enjoyed Mindfulness of Mums I really I can't recommend it more it's such a lovely book with lots of like you said it's sort of bite-sized things that might well help you that don't take a lot of time and I love the concept of doing it with your children because actually if we can teach our children to be mindful that's a really really important skill I mean they're only going to be more challenged when it comes to stress and anxiety yeah. I think as we go forward so if we can yeah. teach them I mean I didn't even know the word until about five years ago so I know really I good. it's funny
1: <laughs> I I sometimes think the word has some an attachment to it and or or an, or a thought that it requires lots of time or um to meditate to stop your mind thinking or to and it's really not that it's very simply just having an awareness of present moment but i I kind of like the word shinefulness um and I yeah, I do a little shineful Sunday actually where I kind of share uh, tips and techniques and things, but I just hope that it gives kind of holds other mums hands through um the chaos of motherhood to help us all find that calm
2: yeah calm
1: that's the key to successful parenting
2: calm (laughs) calm yes (laughs) um izzy thank you so much for coming along today mindfulness for mums is out now isn't it yes available from all good bookshops and you can follow izzy
1: what's your what's your instagram i am mrs underscore izzy judd perfect Um, actually i also recorded mindfulness for mums on audible Oh, great. So if you want to have a listen, if that's a bit
2: easier. Have you recorded it yourself? Did you do the voice? Yes, I did. Perfect. Oh, I think it's so nice to listen to authors voicing their own books. Yeah. I'll definitely download that. That's perfect. Well, Izzy, thank you so much. Thank Uh, you. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, from Izzy and me, thanks for listening. Goodbye.